You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I'm excited to share with you, we're in a series called Love and War. Love and War, yeah. And um, the message I have today really is about what happens to us when, you know, in love or um, in life, all of a sudden we feel like the bottom drops out or we can't see our way forward. Like we just can't. We know there's promises. We know there's things, but we just can't see it yet. What do we do when the devil comes to us and we have anxious thoughts, when our minds are being tormented, when hurts and very real pains begin to surface, especially in the area of relationships. You know, when we talk about marriages and dating and friendships, when we can't see our way exactly as how it's going to be, but we know it should be good, but it's not right now. What do we do? So I want to preach a message all about peace because the Bible says to be anxious for nothing, but in all things, trust in him. So how do we actually do that? How do we live that way? The Bible says in Isaiah 26, 3 in the NLT, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, be anxious for nothing. Everybody say nothing. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Um, I was just reading up a little bit on this, on anxious thoughts, and and um, I uh, found a professor that ran a study a few years ago, and he's the leading American university, from the leading American university, and he studied things people worry about. And this is what his research discovered. Are you ready? Here we go. 40% of what people worry about never happens. 30% concerns the past. 12% are needless worries about health. 10% are petty issues. 8% are legitimate concerns. So that means that 92% of our worries are wasted energy. 92% wasted on things that aren't going to happen, that aren't being fulfilled. But then there's a very real 8%. And I want to talk today, this is going to apply to the 92%, but I really want to speak into the 8%, the legitimate issues, the legitimate concerns, the real storms that we all face at one time or another. And um, I know a little something about real concerns. These are not like the ones that, you know, you're like, ah, you know, it's okay. No, like real legitimate. I don't want to do this. I don't want it this way. I wish it wasn't happening. You with me? This happened to me um, a few years ago. If you don't know me, I tell stories. So just here we go. And so I, um, <laughs> a few years ago, I had this really extraordinary trip to New Zealand. And I went to this place called um, Waitomo. And this is like the adrenaline junkie capital of the world. It was in Ro Rotorua. And it's, it's, you can do all these crazy things. And I was pumped on life. And I went with a couple friends. And we each chose an excursion that was like, 
insane. And then we, but we all did it together. So I chose whitewater rafting. We went level five, four waterfalls, absolutely extraordinary, live my best life. I have photos, I have things from that experience. That was fun. So we did all these things, but then my one friend, she chose the glowworm caves. Glowworm caves. Now, she did say that there were, you know, this the blackwater caves where you would go um, tubing. Okay, hold on. Yeah, where you would go tubing down the river. Um, I'll share with you a few of these pictures. That's my friend that chose this lovely excursion. And so, um, <laughs> We go there, and I don't know anything about what's about to happen. And I, I know that we're going to be going in water, tubing down a river. I knew that that was going to be in darkness, but I thought, okay, well, that's cool. We can do that. But as we're arriving to the location, we keep going up. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like, water is down. Why are we going up? And so we finally get up the mountain, and then we get out, and we have a tour guide, and he makes us put on a wetsuit some other ugly clothing, and then we have like a head um, flashlight for our head, um, boots, and um, I'm like, and then he starts giving us ropes and like these like, I don't know, what is happening? Like, what are we about to do? And the entire time, the guide would just say, I'm not going to tell you everything. You just need to trust me. You're going to have a great time. I'm like, you know what? That might have sufficed when I was 20. When you hit your, like, your 30s, I felt anyway, like, I don't do what I don't want to do. I'm there. I am that person. Peer pressure's not working. And so I'm like, no, you need to tell me what's about to No, I'm not going to tell you. You're going to enjoy it. Okay, so now I'm already a little disturbed. And so we go. All of a sudden, we get to, if you can show that photo of the cave where, just like the, if you show the photo, the next one. Not that one. It's the very first picture. Anyways, um, okay, the first picture, that's me smiling because nothing's happened yet. <laughs> Note the gear, please, that I have on. We were dropped 40 meters down into a river. Um, and if you can show the next picture, okay, that one there. So we're dropped through this hole up there into the water. And um, we get into the water and the tubes are there and um, it's Gonna, we're going to be, it's pitch black. And they tell us, you know, it's fine if you just, you know, if you slam up against, you know, a rock or whatever, just push yourself off. You're going to be fine. And then I'm like, hey, this water's dark. Like, are there, what's in this water? And they're like, it's fine. I mean, there's eels. Eels? Eels are in the water. They're not going to hurt you. I'm like, oh, dear God in heaven. So I'm in water, it's pitch black, there's eels, and we go and we, we begin to go down river. And then we finally get to this spot and they have us kind of sit in the cave and then they kind of like shoot what sounded like a gun and all of a sudden the entire cave lights up. And you'll see the one that, that glows, it's really beautiful. That's us not dying, thank God. Um, okay, that one. So it's extraordinary. There's only like two or three places in the whole world where this exists. Absolutely gorgeous. We're laying there. You see all these. And then the tour guide begins to share with us um, the backstory of the glowworms. And I'm like, oh, I was interested in this. And he's, well, actually, they're not glowworms. They're maggots. I am in a cave in darkness with thousands of maggots. And then I'm like, are, do they fall? Like, are they going to eat us? Like, what is happening? 
And then I'm like, okay, I'm trying to get my head around it. And then he's like, okay, we're going to go back. And I'm like, great. And he's like, so we're going to have to go up river. I'm like, this thing is not circular. We have to go back up the river. And he's like, don't worry, Stacy. You know, it only comes up to about waist deep. You're going to be fine. I'm like, your waist, you're six foot three. I'm five foot three. It's up to my neck. I am like doing everything I can to get up river. We are like, as you saw with my friend, like going through crevices. I mean, it's nutsville. Finally, we get to the end and I'm like, great. They're just going to lift us up out of the cave. Oh no. Oh no. They are not lifting us up out of the cave. They're like, you're going to climb. That's what you have the ropes for. Okay. I'm tired. I'm not very happy. I'm exhausted. I have a wetsuit. My boots have now filled with water. And you're telling me I'm going to climb. Can you show the last picture? Yeah. I'm going to climb that to get out. And so I'm like, listen, buddy, let's discuss. I don't want to do this. Like, where's the way out? Like, and, and, Honestly, he was like, there is no other way. You are going to have to climb here. And here's the thing. When you climb up, just make sure you don't use all your arm strength because then you'll never get to the top. Got to use your leg strength. And then there's these two ropes. And if you, you need to make sure that you don't pull the rope on the right because that's me. And if you pull that rope, if you get scared, I'll go flying and die. I'm like, great. Your life and my life are in my hands. I am exhausted and I don't want to do this. Real concern, people real concern. And so I am like distraught. And, um, I'm, and, and, I, and I really think, to be very honest with you, this wasn't just like, I don't think I can. It's like, I really, I don't even think I'm physically capable of doing this. I'm so exhausted. And they just were like, there's no other way. And so I began the climb. And I remember about midway through, I was like, I'm going to die. Like, uh, there's a part in there, I don't know if you can see it, but it's kind of like, these are not, like, they haven't put crevices for your foot. Like, you've got to make it happen. And, I, and there's this kind of this part where you have to kind of go almost backwards to forwards to get to the top. And I'm like, I don't think I can do this. And I remember just waiting there, and he's like, take your time. And I'm like, might be tomorrow. And then I'm like, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> I think I have a bright future. If you want me to live, send thy angels right now and help me through this. And I literally, no joke, I prayed, I closed my eyes, and I launched myself. I did catch, thank the name of the Lord, I didn't kill the tour guide, and I did make it to the top. Here I am to tell the story, yes. <laughs> Very real concern. <laughs> And I know that's kind of a funny story, but I kind of thought about it like that's how we live our life. We have to trust the Holy Spirit when we don't know, when we don't think we can, where nothing makes sense, where we literally really don't think it's possible. And yet we have to step out in a realm of faith like we've never known before. And Jesus will meet us there. My point number one is this. Peace is not external. It's internal. Peace is not external, it's internal. Peace is produced by the Holy Spirit, the Prince of Peace. Peace is not found in a thing. Peace is not found in a destination. Peace is not found in a person. Peace isn't even absolute certainty about our future. Peace is not a clear doctor's report. 
It's not when we're void of conflict in relationships. This is what peace is. Peace is the knowledge of the fact that the Holy Spirit is with us in all of those things. That uh, he is with us in the storm. He's with us when the doctor report comes. He's with us when the bottom falls out. He is with us when very real things happen to our very real life. He is with us. This is the prince of peace. And here's the thing about peace. You can't manufacture it. You can't fake it because it flows from God who is peace. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. Say all. All. All and nothing. I forgot that's the title of my message. All and nothing. Trust the Lord in all things. Be anxious for nothing. Title of my message is all and nothing. Peace is produced by the Holy Spirit, and it's one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. In Galatians 5.22, but the fruits of the Spirit is love, peace, joy. So peace comes from God. It's produced by God. It's not a thing. It's not a person. It's not a destination. It's the Holy Spirit himself that we're able to, to tap into. So peace is not the absence of a storm. It's not the absence of external conflict. It is peace through it. Internal peace that we have is the Prince of Peace. So my next point, number two, is peace is a promise. Because how do we access this beautiful peace? We have to understand that peace is actually a promise. When we find ourselves like Job, think about Job in the Bible. It actually says in Job 3, 25, 26, what I feared has come upon me. What I have dreaded has happened to me. So what do we do when the very thing that we thought wasn't going to happen happens? Peace is a promise that we can hold on to. In Isaiah 26, 3, it says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So I did a little research on peace. Isaiah 26, 3, you will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace. The word keep there means to guard, to protect, or to maintain. It's actually a military term, and it means to protect a camp or a castle. The enemy is not able to get in when God's peace protects us. So we have God as our guard. Job didn't know the end of his story when it was happening. How many people feel that? Like, we don't know the ends of the chapter of the story of our life. Job didn't know when all the afflictions were happening that God was aware and allowing it, and yet God had a plan that would restore Job, that would bring restoration to his soul. Job didn't know that when it was happening. So how do we have peace when it's happening? When we don't know yet the end of the story, we cling to the promise of God that is peace, that God keeps us, he protects us, that there is a way through him. You will keep in perfect peace. I looked up the word perfect peace. And in the original manuscripts, perfect peace was actually, there was no word for perfect peace. It was shalom, shalom. Shalom, shalom, okay? And so the word shalom, shalom, and when God says something twice, we pay attention. He's like, you're not just going to have peace, you're going to have peace, peace. You're going to have shalom, shalom. How do I access the shalom, shalom? And shalom, shalom in the Hebrew, the word perfect, like I said, not in the original manuscript, it literally translates, you will keep in peace, peace. 
It means wholeness, wellness, well-being, safe, happy, friendly, favor, to completeness, to make peace, peace offering, secure, to prosper, to be victorious, to be content, to be tranquil, to be quiet, and to be restful. That is shalom, shalom. We can have peace, peace in the middle of our storm. So how do we do this? How do we keep the promise alive and active in our life? How do we not go to a vice or an addiction? Because the Bible says be anxious for nothing. There's no exception. There's no caveat. It's not like comma, except for when you go through grief, except for when the relationship that you thought was going to be everything is nothing, except for when loss happens, except for when the future, you don't know exactly how it happens. That's not what the Bible says. God says that we will have peace, peace, shalom, shalom. So how do we have that when all of these things have happened? How do we not go to a vice or an addiction and escape? Because isn't that as humans, that's what we want to do? When the worst happens, when life happens, the first thought is make the pain stop. Let me, let me go to an escape. And yet God says, no, no, don't go and escape. Don't go to an addiction. Come to me. I promise you, I will guard you. I will keep you in perfect peace. We have to hold on to the promise. So point number three is mindset. In order to access this kind of peace, we have to set our mind on God, not on our problem. Set our mind on God, not on our problem. This is when we need God the most. It's when, because it really, if we think about it, if we don't trust in God, the God of peace, then what we're saying is we don't trust you, God. We don't actually think it's going to turn out well. We don't actually think that you have a plan and a process when we don't access this kind of peace. So mindset is really important to not set our mind on the issue or the problem, but to set our mind on God. Isaiah 26, three says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. And I want to talk about trust a little bit because we can't focus our mind, we can't focus our trust on God if we don't trust. If, if trusting literally means you put your full weight on something or someone. Like if I was to trust that if I put all of my weight on this pulpit, I have to trust and believe that it's not going to break. It's putting your full weight on a person or on some things. And God is saying, put your full weight, put your full trust. When you are crying, when you are going through grief, put it all on me. I can sustain you. I can bring you through. The promise is real. The promise is true. Access me. I felt that one of the big um, maybe areas where why trust sometimes is broken is because I, I began to think about this because I began to ask God, like, why is it? Why can't we make the connection to you, God? Why can't, why, why do we oftentimes want to go to this, the escape or want to go to the addiction or want to go to the thing instead of go directly to you and actually trust that your promise is real and true in my life, that you're really going to carry me through. Why, why do we not do that? And I, I began to think about my own life, and I've had quite a few of these situations, actually, where the bottom falls out, and, and I'm still here. I'm still going. So I was like, God, how did you do that with me? How, how did that actually happen? And I began to think about the way that I grew up. 
And I grew up with um, a mom and a dad who loved me. Um, they have an extraordinary marriage. They've been married for over 40 years. Um, and so I grew up in an environment that was secure, that was safety. Um, in fact, even more than that, I really believe it's because I had a dad who took pride in who I was, not on what I did or on performance, but just on who I am. And I began to think about, I remember this one time I was working um, in college at Chili's Bar and Grill and waiting tables. Hey, oh. And, um, Waiting tables in my family, my parents live um, out of the country, they're missionaries in Ecuador, and they just came to visit me. And so they came to visit me at work, and I waited on them, and you know, that kind of thing. And all of my coworkers and my manager and everything kept stopping by and chit chatting with my parents. And then I'll never forget, afterwards, I sat down with my parents, and my dad looked at me, and I remember he just looked at me, and he looked at me in the eyes, and he said, Stacy, I'm so proud of you. And he said, I'm not proud of you because you wait tables well and you're helping to put yourself through college. He's like, I'm proud of you because every person that came by told me how encouraging you are, how kind you are, how they love having you here at the restaurant. He's like, I'm so proud, not of what you're doing, but of who you are. When you grow up with that kind of self-esteem that's inputted into you from a good father, I began to realize, for me, the bridge from my earthly father to my God in heaven was very easy. It was simple for me to believe that my God is good. It was easy for me to believe that there is security in God, even when I don't know what's happening. It's easy for me to believe that everything's going to turn out well because it did when I was growing up. And then I began to realize that many, many, many people I understand are not, don't have that opportunity, did not grow up in the way that I grew up. And so security was broken or abuse happened or real issues in life, or you didn't know where the next meal was going to come from or the next paycheck. And then you didn't have a father maybe that was there present or an absentee mother or whatever the situation may be. And so then you find yourself in your adulthood and it's hard to bridge the gap. It's hard to make the connection that I can believe in my father, God, who is good, who is my guardian, who will in peace protect me, who like Job, though I go through all of these things, he's got a good plan to restore me. It's hard for us to connect, but I believe today in the name of Jesus that healing can happen in our hearts. We can't go back and I'm sad and it hurts me. I can't go back and make it all better. But what we can do is we can invite the Prince of Peace into our hearts and we could say heal me from that place heal me from the traumas that I went through in my history heal me from the place where it was broken and messed up and jacked up God thank you for healing me and then I'm telling you the trust the weight that you've been carrying you can cast your cares upon God because he so cares for you the literal burdens that we've been carrying the pain and the hurts and the fears we can take those and we can release them to God our father can I get an amen we're gonna have time to do that at the end of this message Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, all things, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. We can actually practice peace. 
We can. It's a mindset that we can focus on, that we don't have to just look at the problem, but we can look at our Father God and we can go, you know what? I'm just going to trust in you. Um, my last point, point number four, let me find it. It's okay, it's coming, it'll be good, I promise. Uh, point number four, turn every anxious thought or worry into a prayer. Turn every anxious thought or worry into a prayer. And if I could say anything, it's this, this saved my life. It saved my life over and over and over again. Because like we talked about with the 92% and the 8% that is real and valid, the way that we can refocus our mind and our mindset is to be able to turn the worry and the anxious thought into a prayer. Because we cannot control all the thoughts that come to us. They come to us. They're real. But we can control what we do with the thought. And we can, instead of inviting it into our heart and spirit, we can go, no, 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 no. I'm going to just transition that into a prayer. God, I feel anxious. Take the anxiousness. God, this worry or concern, it's yours, oh God. It's a very simple transition, but it will save our lives. Um, the word anxious um, actually, anxious worry, it said that there are more people addicted to anxiety than to all the other addictions combined. So this is a real thing. It's a real thing that we're facing. And the word anxious means that which divides, distracts the mind, and which draws a troubled person into different directions. If you are double-minded or divided in our mind, that means we're tormented. And how many people know when there is division in the mind, that is the very place of access for the devil to come in, to distort the reality, the truth of God. And so we become anxious. We become double-minded. We have all these thoughts. We can't, we can't get a grip on how we think and how we feel because we've given access to a very real devil who's ready to, 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 to access those areas. And, and affirm the things that should never be affirmed in our hearts and our lives. But I have good news, very good news. As I was researching that word, like I said, peace, peace, shalom, shalom. If you go back to the very original manuscript, and this is Jesus himself that I found this because I'm not a researcher by nature. I'm not the, the, the girl, I'm the inspirational story girl. Yeah, I know my place, okay? But this is real revelation from God that I feel like he unlocked for us this morning. The pictographic symbol for the word shalom divides into four words, shin, lamed, vav, and mem. And this is what it actually means in the original, in the very first written language. It means this, destroy the authority that binds us to chaos. Destroy the authority that binds us to chaos. The noun shalom is derived from the verbal root shalom, which means to restore in the sense of replacing or providing what is needed in order to make someone or something whole and complete. So shalom is used to describe those of us that have been provided all that is needed to be whole, to be complete, and to break off all authority that would attempt to bind us to chaos in our minds. When we say that verse, when we believe in our heart that there is perfect peace, that there is shalom, shalom, what we are saying is, God, you can make all things new. You can restore and you can rebuke the devourer on our behalf. You can rebuke Satan who is trying to get us in our minds divided. Not going to work, buddy. Not going to work. 
in the name of Jesus. I found that if we are double-minded in our minds, it's the very playground of the devil. But instead of being bound by him, all we have to do is do the very first thing we talked about, is invite God in, the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. So for us, I get it that it's very real, that we have a lot of thoughts. In fact, um, I did in some research, there are 12,000 separate thoughts each day that come to us. That's over 4 million thoughts a day. Why is it so important that God double emphasized shalom, shalom? Because he understands the attacks that are launched against us. Because he understands that it is the devil's playground. Because it understands that when all of a sudden we get a bad report and an anxious thought tries to come, that sometimes we will just let our emotions, we will let our lives follow that lead. But instead, what we need to do is go, okay, that's real. The report came to me. But God, I invite you in. And Lord, your, prom your promise is greater than my problem. God, your promise is greater than my problem. God, you have a plan to restore. You have a plan to break it through. You have a plan that my future is bright, even though I can't make sense of things right now. God, I give you access and I practice the promise in the name of Jesus. All you have to do is take any one of those scriptures that I said and begin to let your mind meditate on those things, that we have perfect peace in Christ Jesus. And that when we want to reach for the vice, we don't. We reach for Jesus himself, who is the Prince of Peace. Can I get an amen and get everybody to stand up right now? We are to trust God in all things and be anxious for nothing. All means all, people. And nothing actually means nothing. So God has given us a way in life to live through the storms. And it's through Jesus himself, through the Prince of Peace. And I hope today that you leave here encouraged, not weighted down by the worries and the burdens and the very real things that have happened to us, but instead that we have learned a way to live. Like what Pastor Michael said, that today is a good day to live. It's a great day to live. God has a life for us beyond our wildest dreams and expectations. That's why he says there is a peace that surpasses all understanding when nothing makes sense. And yet God brings us peace that surpasses anything and everything. And so I want to do something today. I have three particular calls that I want to pray into. And if you find yourself in one of these three, I want you to just make your way up to the altar. And I really believe that this altar is not used enough. I think people, we stay in our seats because we stay in our seats. Sometimes we got to take an action, even if it's a stepping out, even if it's a surrender and say, God, I want you to move in my life. God, I want the peace that she's talking about. So I'm going to ask us to be brave and to step out. And as I just kind of share these, these three very real areas I want to pray into, I want to pray prayers that are powerful because I understand my authority in Jesus himself. And I believe today that you didn't come in here 
wanting to go out the exact way that you came. But there, there can be real breakthrough in the area of our thoughts, in the area of anxiety, in the area of torment or where we haven't been able to sleep at night. It can be a shift this morning where we focus our eyes and our hearts on Jesus himself. So the first group of people that I want to pray for, and I'm going to ask you to come forward, and these are going to be coming forward one right after the other. And the altar might be completely full. You might just need to step out into an aisle, and that's okay too. The first area that I want to pray for, and the first person that I want to, people that I want to pray for, is those that haven't yet invited the Prince of Peace into their life. Those that haven't yet said, Stacy, I like all the things that you're saying, but if I were honest with myself, I haven't even come close to that kind of peace in God. Well, then for you, it's time to invite the Prince of Peace into your life. It's time to invite Jesus. And if you did this already, but you're like, if I were honest with myself today, I've lost my peace. I haven't felt that peace in a very long time. And I want to have an encounter with Jesus himself. I want to receive the Prince of Peace because I am telling you, and I know this from my own life, there is no human word that comes close to the word of Jesus himself. 20 people could tell you, they're there, it's gonna be okay. I can see your way out. But when Jesus in one moment says, Stacy or John or Ashley or whoever it is, says, it's going to be all right. I've got you. I'm guarding you. I'm guarding the promise that I placed inside of you. When you hear that word from God himself, I am telling you it is a word that you will forever live on. It is a word that you will go back to over and over and over again. That is Jesus himself. So for that first group of people, if that's you, I just want to ask you to start coming forward. And I'm going to go on to the next one. We're going to have people join you. So if that's you in this place, you want to receive Jesus himself, the Prince of Peace. I'm going to ask you just to come out of the aisles and just come forward. You can come. Yeah, I'm going to give you time. I know there's people. So I want you to just step forward. It's an act of courage to do that. But just step forward to the God of God, to the Prince of Peace, who will give you that promise. I'm going to go on to the next ones, but if that's you, I want you to come forward. I also want to pray for a group of people. Yeah, come on. It's good. There's going to be more people. For those of you that in my story, when I was talking about a good father, and maybe you didn't have that on earth, you didn't have that representation or things have gone awry, and you want the bridge gap, you know that you should be believing in a good father, but you haven't found the goodness yet because of history or pain or trauma or the way that you grew up, I want you also to make your way forward. Because we're going to pray a prayer where God himself is going to begin to restore in you what you never had. And I get it. It wasn't there. You didn't grow up with it. You didn't know how it's meant to be. And you're looking to Jesus himself going, how can I trust people? How can I trust you, God, when I don't trust in the ones that you've placed in front of me because of the way that I maybe grew up? If that's you, I want you to make your way forward. We're going we're gonna to pray the restoration of God. He will show himself strong on your behalf. And what you didn't have growing up, you're going to have a very different story as you access your tomorrow, because God will begin to show you what a good father looks like. He's the ultimate example. And I'm going to even pray that others come into your life 
that will be that substitute for you. My dad has been a father not just to me, but he's been a father to many, many, many people. And for me, myself, I know I haven't had children yet of my own, and yet I have stood in the gap for mothers all over the map because I know what a healthy mom looks like and I know what a healthy dad looks like. And so I'm able to impart that into others. I want you just to come forward. And then the last group of people I'm going to pray for is to break off any demonic activity or thoughts that has, that has tried to steal our thought life. That if you feel divided in your mind or there's a particular situation that you're thinking about and you're like, I feel like my heart's been ripped out of my chest or I feel like I'm just anxious in my thoughts. When you read the definition of worry and anxious, that's me. Just come forward. We're going to pray. We're going to bind the devil. We're going to tell that devil to leave in the name of Jesus. And we are going to see breakthrough. Those of you that couldn't sleep at night will sleep tonight well because God himself has said angels to guard you and to protect you your minds we do not have the mind of the world we have the mind of Christ he's in us when we have received Jesus when we've received the Holy Spirit I am telling you that he will guard our thought life he will guard our mind and I do not promise today that storms won't come or that words that have been demonic or words that haven't been the right words over us have been spoken, those things may come. But today, as we pray, those things will be broken off in the name of Jesus. And for everyone else, if you feel any of those things, just come forward. For everybody else, I want to just let's all actually lift our hands to heaven. Let's all begin to pray. This is a special moment. This is called a moment of breakthrough. This is a moment of breakthrough. It's so real because Jesus is so real. God, oh God, I want to pray for that first group of people. Let's all repeat this prayer after me, and then I'm going to launch into praying for all of us. So if that was you and you came forward this morning and you're receiving Jesus for the first time, or like we talked about before, your peace has been stolen for whatever reason. I want us to repeat this prayer. We're going to pray together. And let's all pray this prayer. Jesus. Come on, let's hear it. Jesus, I thank you that you are the one true God. That you are real. And no one and nothing compares to you. I receive the Prince of Peace, the Holy Spirit, into my heart. I thank you that my life is now at peace and now at rest in you. I thank you that you died on a cross, that I would be saved, that I would be healed, that my life would be restored that peace would come to me through your death and resurrection. I give you praise this morning for the resurrection power that comes to my life, that comes to the promises that you have given me in the name of Jesus. 
Amen, 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 amen. And right now, just begin to lift your hands high. I'm going to begin to pray right now. Lord God, I thank you, Jesus, that you are our heavenly father, that you are a good God, and that God, when we come to you, we are sons and daughters of Christ Jesus, that our citizenship is no longer earth but heaven. And this morning, for every person that came forward or that is standing here or that hears this message, where the history has been hard and tough, where it's felt so rocky, where we haven't had a good representation of father and mother, God, today, I pray you would come in like a flood. Lord, come into their hearts, God. Begin to mend, Father God. Where there is lost Jesus, you fill that space with your presence. Lord, where we feel open and wounded by the traumas and the histories and the pain, we invite you, Prince of Peace, to begin to mend our hearts, oh God. That when the history happened, when we were little girls and little boys, that you were there and that you had a plan ready and waiting, that you knew this moment would happen, where restoration would begin to come to our hearts and our lives, where we could live a life beyond our wildest dreams and expectations, where we could become the moms and the dads that you have called us to be, where we can become the sons and the daughters that you have called us to be because you are actually good. And so I break off where trust has been broken. Lord, I thank you that you right now, oh God, are coming into our hearts, are coming into our spirits like a flood, God. That you are ministering deep into our souls right now, where there have been soul wounds right now, where there have been burdens that we have carried. We release them today at the cross. We picture you, Jesus, and we know that you are real and that you are real and that you are true to us. God, oh God, we release your presence. We release words, oh God, where no human word could suffice. We release you, God, speak to people. We have ears to hear you, oh God. We thank you, Father, for speaking to us. What is he speaking to you? I feel like right now in the depth of who you are, God is speaking who he is. He's speaking loving kindness and tender mercies. He's sharing with you thoughts of history and of future. He's showing you a picture. Some even that, that, that have lost dreams and couldn't even picture the future. I see him giving you pictures right now. I hear him restoring and resurrecting dreams that were once lost long ago. I see restoration in relational life happening. I pray and I bind every cycle or cyclical pattern of division, of rejection, of performance in the name of Jesus. I bind it and I break its power in the name of Jesus. I speak right now with all authority that have been given to me through Christ Jesus that wholeness will be had, that full completion will be had right now in the name of Jesus. I bind and I break every single ill word or curse that has come from the devil in the name of Jesus. You are bound. We take authority over you. Where minds have been cluttered and chaotic and anxious, we right now break off that spirit. We 
break off that evil spirit in the name of Jesus that would seek to bring chaos to our minds. And we say that you were defeated at the cross in the name of Jesus. So you are defeated now and forever. In the name of Jesus, we pray. I speak right now that it would be broken, that that power and that authority that had been once given is broken off of people's lives, off of people's minds in the name of Jesus. And where the devil has tried to steal your sleep, where he's tried to even steal, I hear, I feel God saying, it's not even just when I sleep, but it's been all the time. I break its power. That's a demonic voice. It is not the voice of Jesus. Whatever lie the devil sold you, that you're not good enough, that you'll never be enough, whatever it is, I break that lie in the name of Jesus and we replace it with the truth of the word of God. That you are the apple of God's eye. You're his perfect creation. You are the what you are above every kind of creature that he created on earth. You are his most precious. You are his son. You are his daughter who he calls perfect. And I thank you that the God in heaven that created you perfectly has a plan to restore you perfectly. And I thank you, God, that your perfect peace comes upon us all. We will walk out of here with a peace, with you, Holy Spirit, with you, Jesus, that gives us perfect peace. Peace is not a person. It's not a destination. It is the Prince of Peace. And we have access to him all the time and in everything. Thank you, Jesus. We receive of you today. In your name we pray. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.